0: Uh, playoff basketball is upon us. Morning, y'all. Welcome. This is 414 Buck the System. I'm your host, Justin, and I have returned from the blessed island that is Maui, and we got some Bucks basketball talk. Uh, apologize for the last few episodes mainly being about the Green Bay Packers and Packer focus, but at the same time, we were in a weird stretch of the season in the NBA where not much is going on. Uh, that compounded with the NFL draft, which is probably the biggest, uh off-season day outside of maybe free agents well the draft is bigger plus Aaron Rodgers which of course we'll talk a little bit about it kind of getting sick of all that drama but we'll mention that later on in the show uh but the big news the Milwaukee Bucks are on a winning streak um they've won five in a row uh you know a few of them back-to-backs and the most important of all the mini-series against the Nets uh, they are now a half game behind the Nets with about five to play. Bucks are now own the tiebreaker, so if they finish with the same record as Brooklyn, then they would end up at the two seed. Um, without with about five left to play, we'll see how it goes. Uh, I think the Bucks only have Miami that they're playing against. So that's a playoff seed, uh, and the Pacers. Uh, but if the Bucks can win the next five, which is, will be very tough regardless, uh, then they will clinch the two. Uh, it'll be important because. Between the three and the six seed, the two and the three seed, there will be a bigger difference. The two seed will obviously play the winner of the play in tournament. Or, no, they would play the second winner of the play in tournament, which is that new NBA rule. Uh, or if they're the three seed, they'll play the sixth seed, which at this point would be Miami. Um, and it looks like their matchup will most likely be against Miami or Boston. That's a conversation for another day because that will be interesting. Uh, seeing as Miami is the team that knocked us out of the playoffs last year, but Miami is a different team, and Milwaukee is a different team. Let's that let's get that straight. Um, so, uh, speaking of the Nets, though, it was a very interesting to watch and analyze these two games, uh, this mini series. Uh, now, most analysts, NBA analysts, will downplay or dismiss the Bucks' victories because one major X factor was missing from the Nets, uh, and that is James Harden. Now that is fair because, you know, I don't think you can dismiss the absence of an MVP candidate uh, from a game. It completely changes the complexion of the game. Uh, Although it's been tough because Milwaukee has played Brooklyn three times and they played when Harden and KD played, but Kyrie was out the first time. And this time around, uh, Harden was out for both games. So we haven't seen a very healthy Brooklyn team. So it's really hard to evaluate. With that said, health is important. So you know what i can only analyze based on the game at play um if brooklyn is healthy that will pose a much different analysis and much different uh, outlook but until we cross that river uh, i will only go with like what i saw and what i saw was that milwaukee uh took that game as a playoff atmosphere and they answered the bell you know Giannis went off in both games in fact all three games this year he's played very well uh in the first of the two games, the Nets were allowing him to kind of just shoot open jump shots. And Giannis was aggressive, and he was knocking down some threes, as well as a couple of mid-range, game, uh, mid-range shots, which it was a nice additive to his game. If he can get those shots with a little bit more consistency, he'll be very lethal. Um, now, it's important because, you know, with the Nets and their big three of Harden, Durant, Irving, all these guys are elite scorers. And these are guys that can hit tough shots. Um, however, what did I see after these two games, and what is kind of Brooklyn's Achilles' heel, and it's their defense, uh, as well as their injuries. Uh, now, let's be honest: no one can stop Durant when he's on, and it's really hard to stop Harden or Kyrie when they are also on. Um, they're probably they probably possess three of the top five best overall all around elite shooters. So. Um, and NBA history has always shown that talent usually wins out. However, I will say this. After watching these games, it's very clear and obvious that Brooklyn has no answer for Giannis. The first game they put DeAndre Jordan, and he got eaten up, and the second game was Blake Griffin. Now you can have KD guard Giannis, and they could guard each other, and that would be a fun, epic playoff showdown. Uh, Although I don't think they will allow that because, like, if Durant has to cover Giannis the entire game, he's going to be worn out. And likewise with Giannis. So I think they're going to try to, they'll see each other, but you will also have guys guarding other guys from their respective teams guarding. For example, Kevin Durant's going to be guarded by PJ Tucker because he's one of the few that fits and can hold, slow him down. I'm not going to say stop him, but can slow him down. Um, uh, Likewise, some of the analysis, the, the Bucks have their big three, they were playing well. And Drew and Chris, they played great. Uh, Chris had 23 and 26 points, respectively, and he shot about 50%. Um, and Drew was playing decent, an elite defending, although Kyrie went off for 38 points in the second game. But you can't really stop some of that. And uh, Drew's been playing at a high level. I've mentioned it previous episodes and this is what i think is the main difference between them this year and last year uh and drew is a big reason for that uh you can see and i love the way how efficient he plays and his shot selection and he's just been a a superb addition uh for our team i mean and also look so looking at these matchups and the rest of the nba the one team that the nets would have trouble with, or at least one team that matches up well with Brooklyn is Milwaukee. Um, the Bucks have enough pieces to keep up with the Nets' historic offense. Uh, you know, the Bucks are the high scoring league team in the league as well. So um they do match up well. They can go trade bucket for bucket. Um, I think also more importantly, the Bucks have one of the few largest like lineup diversities in the league, which is really helpful because hey, if you wanna play big, we got Lopez. Uh, if you wanna play small, then we got perimeter defenders with Drew. And then we have PJ Tucker playing the center and guarding Durant. Uh, and if these teams meet when, and it's only really, mo- it's most likely just a matter of when, uh, which will be the second round, uh, just based on seedings. Uh, I think PJ Tucker is gonna be a huge factor in guarding, you know, KD. Uh, it will be interesting to also see how who Girou guards, if James Harden is available to play. Um, does he cover Kyrie or does he cover Harden? I almost rather have him cover Harden, make it a little bit more difficult for him. And I would actually see, well, I'll be honest, I'm not sure if Tucker can keep up with, like, a James Harden type. But if he can, then I would have Giannis on Durant, Tucker on Harden, and then you have Giroux covering... Kyrie, um, and like I said, you're not really stopping Brooklyn, but you just have to slow down, slow them enough that you can score more points. Um, but the Milwaukee Bucks last five games have been playing very well. Now they won some close games against teams of lower caliber. Uh, they almost lost a close one to Houston, and that's all right because right now there's there's not much that's going to change between the five games and the playoffs. And kind of what you see is what you're going to get. And I like the way that Milwaukee's playing. They're playing with a different renewed vigor. Um, Now, the one thing I will say is their defense still isn't up to par as previous seasons. Uh, And part of that can be attributed to our lineups and the type of lineups that we're throwing out. Bud has been exploring, which has been great. And we've been switching it up on defense, which has been great. Um, Like I said, not all the time it's going to be successful but it's good to at least see them making these adjustments. Um, looking at the Bucks lineup now, uh, you, and what I expect Budenholzer to do is to shorten up our lineup, which he has been doing. Uh, so in the playoffs, you really run with about eight, nine guys. Um, so the Bucks starting five, we're going to have Giannis, uh, Brooke Lopez, Dante DiVincenzo, Chris Middleton, and Drew Holiday. Off the bench, you're going to have P.J. Tucker, Braden Forbes, who's been shooting great, by the way, Bobby Portis, and Pat Connaughton, who I will say in this last 10-game stretch, the players that have been making a big difference, and ultimately, they're also going to help determine this playoff run, it has been our bench players. The one player in position that I'm most worried about is our shooting guard position, and that's because we don't get... Great averages and scoring output from the shooting guard position, uh, and that's mostly attributed to Dante Divincenzo. Um, at times, he looks like he's great and good effort guy. Defensively, very scrappy, uh, but his scoring has been so up and down, and it's it's been kind of hard to watch at times. Now you have Brandon Forbes on the other side, and he's averaging about ten points on only nineteen minutes, and he's an a he's a knockdown shooter great pickup for the money although he can't cover worse shit and so it's one of those additives where it's like okay should we put forbes in the starting lineup or should we dante and i think keep it with dante because you don't want to ruin his confidence and i like forbes off the bench and if you need to make that switch based on matchups you can make that switch um Bobby Portis has been consistent throughout the season and shooting very efficiently. And I appreciate that. Uh, PJ Tucker, very, very elite defending almost zero points for you. But if you have him knocked and shut down one of the opposing people's best players, then it's a win on our end. Um, Pat Connaughton, which is a love hate relationship. Uh, he's been getting some clutch playing time and like the, in the fourth quarter, and he was hitting some big shots and knocking down threes. So, if you can he- keep hitting those, hit it, hitting those at that rate, uh, Bucks are looking good. Um, like I said, playoffs are in five games. They, this team just looks and feels different. You can tell they're a lot more together now. It's interesting, just because like the box score doesn't really indicate that. And you know, last two years we were in the number one seed by a lot of games. And now we're in the third spot, um, which in the East isn't a bad thing because you see the rise of Brooklyn and then Philadelphia all year has been really good. Uh, but after the Bucs, there's about a five game drop off between them and the next seed. So the Knicks. And honestly, I really do think it's most likely a three team race. Um, you never know about Miami. They can always catch fire. <laughs> you know, guess there. never mind. Anyways. Um, then you got Boston, who's always fun to watch, but it's been so up and down. And like, truthfully speaking, if we had to play Boston in the first round, I respect them, but I know we can take them because they don't have defense. And they have lapses. And so does every team. But I think in order to win the win the title, you have to be pretty decent on offense. And you definitely have to be good on defense. And... Boston doesn't have that, which is funny because Brooklyn, they also don't have any defense, and they're just hoping that they can just outscore you. Um, It's going to be fun. Uh, I think if the Bucs have the heat in the first round, that will be a much tougher out. Um, Although I wouldn't mind playing the heat, although careful what you wish for, but I think it would be really cool if the Bucs could kind of have the opportunity to play them again, because when they played last year, it was in the bubble. Um, they absolutely outplayed us, and the Bucks were sent home packing. But this is not that same team. Um, you can tell that there's little minor tweaks in Giannis's game that have shown really good results. He's getting rid of the ball quicker. His shooting, the free throws, has been better. He's a lot more confident and you know ultimately it's your best players that are going to lead to the chip and he's hungry you can tell. Chris Middleton has been steady. Uh you know he had a weird shooting slump for a while, but he's back. And if he can just keep knocking down like, you know, between 20 to 25 points a game on solid efficiency, that's going to be huge for us. And ultimately the big difference maker is Drew Holiday, you know, replacing Eric Bledsoe because Eric Bledsoe had a tremendous drop-off between the regular season, the playoffs, and great defender, but was a liability on offense. Now, Giroux, on the other hand, hasn't played many playoff series, but we know in the playoff series that he's played, he's played very well, and his output has been much higher than it is in the regular season. I mean, his stats are so deceiving, because like, it says that he's only averaging 17 points a game and like six assists, um, but he's shooting at a career-high shoot field goal percentage at, like, 50%. So he's not shooting a lot. He's only sometimes shooting, like, nine, like, sometimes less than 10 shots a game, and he's scoring 20 points. So, and he's been picking up that pace. So when comes playoff time, when the game slows down, as they say, Giannis is probably not going to get the same type of looks and points as easy as he does in the regular season. But... What makes a big difference is now, instead of just having really one option and then knockdown shooters, that um, Giannis really has now two options plus two other knockdown shooters, which is either Lopez, DiVincenzo, Forbes, or like Connaughton, one of those guys. But then you also have Giroud and Middleton. Um, Their defense needs a little bit of work, but at least their – giant weakness isn't as apparent as last time, or if they do, they can sub out Lopez. So prior, the Bucks had elite defense because they were allowing open threes, but allowing, but covering the paint. And that's where Lopez is his best being a shot blocker. Uh, however, during the playoffs last year, they realized, oh, if we can isolate Brooke, or if the, you know, they can have open looks from the outside, uh, they would kill us. Now that's not the case because, if that's happening with Lopez on the floor, we can put in Tucker. And now we have a much more versatile lineup. Uh, and Drew is even a better defender than Eric Bledsoe. And if you want to see a masterclass of how he guards people like Dame and Steph, Bleacher Report, I'll put it, I'll put the link in the video, but Bleacher Report just did this cool video and Drew goes in depth. So I'm excited. Uh, I think our bench is starting to play better, which has been huge because early in the season, we were kind of having mixed results. Uh, you know, they just look confident. Now the playoffs, we'll see. Because is Budenholz are going to allow for these changes that he's been implementing, or will he have revert back and be stubborn? Um, you know what? His job's on the line. I don't think he will, and they can't afford to. Um, this is... I do believe this is the best version of the box uh, in the the Giannis era which is really interesting to say because they won 60 games two years ago and then essentially what would relate to another 60 game season uh, last year if not for the pandemic but this team just plays a better brand of basketball and they know how to create a little bit more of the shots and in the clutch have been playing a lot more together um like I said I can't wait and it's going to be interesting uh, I, I'm curious if we will make a switch between Forbes and Divincenzo at the starting point uh starting guard shooting guard position I don't think they will but I like our chances against any other any of the other teams because we have I'm going to call it a big three people would say it's oh it's not a real big three but like the Bucks have a big three They might not be the most explosive guys. And when I talk about the most explosive guys like Drew and Chris, but they're efficient players, very smart players, and they'll give you everything. And even though their stats might not always show it, they play like a big three. And I think that's the big difference from last year to this year. Um, You know, they were saying Giannis needed a second guy, and Drew's really kind of stepped up. Now, some would say he's like, a good third option or third best player on a good team and so would Chris but I think if you have two of those type players with an MVP caliber player you could be golden if you have a good rest of the supporting cast and Brooke Lopez has stepped up that's what's been important Bobby Portis has stepped up Pat Connaughton so they're really finding their groove um it'll be interesting like I said uh but I love the way that they played Brooklyn they didn't relent and they took it to them, which is surprising because, you know, I was I was fully expecting them to win at least one, but to win both in a short amount of time, uh, it's impressive. And even though Harden wasn't there, you still got to win those games. Uh, and it's going to give them confidence. So be on the lookout for Milwaukee. Uh, I'm excited. Uh, so um, just be on the lookout. Playoffs are upon us. Once we get the playoff matchup, I'll do an analysis on the first round. Um, but when we come back, everyone's... I'm going to keep it short, too, because I'm getting sick of it, but the Aaron Rodgers drama. Mm Mm-hmm. Welcome back. You guys knew I couldn't talk about Aaron Rodgers, or at least go through an episode with at least mentioning Aaron Rodgers. Now, frankly, I'm, uh, I'm pretty sick of it. I'm really annoyed... Uh, it's just very obvious that uh, it's been blown. I mean, I'm not going to say blown out of proportion because it looks like he legit wants out, but that the news has just been hovering, hovering, and it's been a frenzy. Um, and it's been interesting because the reason, what, the only reason I really want to talk about any of this Rodgers drama is that on the Dan Patrick show earlier this week, Adam Scheffner, who you know, uh, he works for the NFL or, or ESPN. He's a big NFL reporter. Uh, he went on as a guest sh- on the guest as a guest on his show. And they talked about uh, the whole Aaron Rodgers and breaking the news right before the draft. Um, and it was interesting hearing from Adam Schefter, just the way he was talking about it, uh, of like why he broke down the story. So this is a quote from Adam Schefter all during the off of just Listening to people talk and observing, we go back to the NFC Championship game that the Green Bay Packers lost at home. Did we not hear Aaron Rodgers after that game talk about his level of unhappiness, if you will, uncertainty for the future? Just go back and listen to that press conference, and it sounds almost like he's saying goodbye to Green Bay. And so your intent is up. And I'm just telling you throughout the course of the offseason, there was rarely a week that went by without where I didn't hear something about Aaron Rodgers. And on draft day, there's a report that warning by Paul Allen out of Minneapolis that the 49ers made a draft offer, which they didn't make a draft offer. They never made an offer and other people saying that the 49ers called. And I said, how long till it gets out that Aaron Rodgers wants out of Green Bay? Is it next week? Is it when he doesn't show for OTAs? Is it going to come out? What does it matter if it comes out next week or next month? So Schefter, told Patrick that his report was not based on anything new, but an accumulation of information. It was based on one tip or leak he got last Thursday afternoon. And this is what's annoying about it because all season, there's always just been these rumblings, but for him to drop it off at the eve of the draft, completely stole the whole limelight from the draft. And now you have people pointing figures saying like, oh, is Aaron Rodgers a drama queen about it? Like, does he want this attention? The Packers, are they trying to make like a smear point? No, this is just Schefter using, taking all of this information and then dropping it. And I hate it because the whole media reacted to it when there really was no base. There was no fact. Rodgers hasn't said anything out in public. He barely ever mentions anything in public and you think green bay would talk about that type of stuff no they always work under their radar and because of this it puts this giant light fixture on the packers and saying oh it's unrepairable oh he wants out at the end of the day and every at the end of the day it's a lot of it's just misguided and i think it's annoying when all you see on youtube and because of the content i watch all i see is green bay talk from like espn like five ten minute clips throughout the last two weeks and it's like oh potential trade destinations oh what should he retire what will Aaron rogers do everyone just needs to shut the fuck up even my friends that are trying to poke the bear and like my bear friends that are trying to like pester me with it it's annoying but i'm not going to let it bother me because at the end of the day the truth will reveal itself if he really wants out then he is given, he's owed that right. And if he really feels that way, but I'm kind of upset just the way how the media has been pandering and talking about this. And like, they're like waiting for like the next big thing. It, it's very reminiscent of different, different type of story and different time. Uh, Brett Favre, when he was, Oh, I want, he wanted to retire. Then he came back. Then he wanted to play, but the, Packers didn't want him to go on Green Bay. just very similar. And that's fine. And I get that's how sports is, but it's annoying. And I've hit this like weird breaking point. I also hate and I'm not going to call out anybody else. Um, You know, it's one of the Packer channels I was watching was talking about like, don't go after the media, even though a lot of what they're reporting is causing a lot of the drama. The media will always have its day, but it's I think it's important to have and to really get perspective from you know, local fans and podcasters, uh, not that my opinion's any better than anybody else's, but to get actual fans perspective, because when it's these corporations that are bringing this news, like, man, they try to control the narrative. And frankly, it's sickening um, on the Green Bay side um, as a fan, because it makes you really think that they're just trying to find any situation to make it even worse uh, than it actually is and you know knowing aaron Rodgers and knowing the gm i'm sure they've been spite speaking in the offseason in private and i'm sure they are going to continue to speak now whether or not that leads to him going or staying remains to be seen but i just want to shut down any of this speculation talk any trade rumors because so many reports have been false, and so many reports have been misleading that you almost don't know where the truth is coming from. And until I see actual reports from Aaron Rodgers, then I will take everything with a grain of salt. For example, like that group text message that he that they're comparing to Jerry Crouch, yeah, garbage. Like, we'll see. Um, It's painting a very interesting off-season. I think, like I said, June 1st is the big date to really look at the Packers or at least the following subsequent days after that because of the cap hit. But I'm still leaning towards he's going to come back and he's going to stay for at least just the year. He's going to play it out because Green Bay, they're right there and they brought back their guys. So he shouldn't – if he really cares about the game and he really wants to win that Super Bowl – this is his best chance. And I'm sorry, like Green Bay has a better shot with him as their quarterback than Denver would, if he was their quarterback or the Raiders, I would still think Green Bay is one of the teams to beat. Um, so anyways, just had to mention it, had to get off my chest. It's upsetting. It's annoying, but you know, that's just the way narratives work in the NFL. Um, uh but to conclude this episode uh a little fun monday movie review actually getting it out on a monday for once which is kind of nice uh so well when i was out in hawaii um you know at night because there's not a lot of nightlife well there is but it just kind of shuts down that's just the island life um you know my friends and i were watching attack on titan which was really fun and on one of the nights uh we picked a movie, and it was The Mitchells vs. the Machines. It's an animated movie on Netflix. Um, I loved every minute of it. I actually thought it's the best film I've seen so far this year, or at least in the twenty twenty one calendar. Um, and the it, it was kind of misleading because the title is very, I don't know. It's not a great title, <laughs> to be honest. It's not. Enthralling, it's not enticing to watch, but the animation was pure and I loved the storyline. Uh, it's it was interesting because the plot was kind of split between the Mitchell side and like the rise of like the machines, and I didn't really like that narrative with the machines, it was just kind of boring. But I love the family dynamics of the Mitchells. Uh, classic story of I'm not going to call her the outcast, but like, uh you know, the main female lead, which is played by Abby from, you know, uh, Broad City, had to think about it for a second. Uh, she's going to college and, you know, her Her and her dad aren't having the best of relationships, just as like, you know, when you grow and, you know, that, you know, life when you, you're getting older as a kid and parents are getting older and it's like, it's not the same dynamic. It's like growing up, just part of growing up. And they really highlight, that and it's cool because the Mitchells as a whole is just a very fun wholesome family uh, the animation like I said was great Danny McBride he plays the father he was really great uh you really love and feel for him when he's like oh he makes a mistake he's trying to remedy it he's just, he's just trying to be a dad and hold on to those memories because like as you guys know memories are important and when you know things happen it's that's what we keep it's uh, our memories and our traditions and i think it's a very fun it was a very fun family film in that regard that you know it stayed true to that um also the they had some trippy visuals mixed in um there's this pug which pugs in real life like you yeah, either love them or you hate them i think they're an ugly cute i'm not gonna call them cute cute they're an ugly cute But the pug in this was... It was a great comic relief. Um, And I just... I loved it. Uh, It was very interesting to see Netflix dish out an animated movie like this of this quality. Although, they also came out with Claws Claws, a couple years back about the origins of Santa Claus, and that hit right on the money. So... Netflix is... uh, They can play. Um, They got they got a seat at the table is what we call. So I recommend it for you guys. If you want a fun little family flick, if you want something to be in a good mood for, Uh, I'm not going to give it away just because it's so new dropped. Like I think last week, but give it a a run. I mean, I've been surprised by quite a few animated movies as of late Crudes too. I couldn't stop laughing. And it's good because, like, for a while, like, I think animation is always interesting because as you get older, there's periods where you watch them a lot or then you have absentee periods. Like, I think for a good stretch of Disney movies, like uh, Brave and the one with Ooh Rapunzel or whatever, uh, Tangled, I missed those just because I was in college and, you know, college priorities are a little bit different, you know? kind of grow anyways uh so i just missed a bunch and like with dreamworks uh as i got older i kind of just didn't really keep up with the dreamworks movies but crudes 2 was fantastic this film was hilarious so i gotta give credit like every time i think people stretch the borders of animation um and stories and originality i always get surprised and this, it wasn't, so, okay, it wasn't, like, the most original, but it was, it was original, it was, I guess it was just fresh, uh, very modern-esque, so you, I, I, I enjoyed it, and I'm not going to give, like I said, too much away, and now I'm just dragging ass, because I didn't write a script for this, and it's very parent. That you know, I'm just talking, and you know what, getting talking, and it's important. So, uh, (laughs) but if I had to make one recommendation, it's check that out. Also, I mean, I got back on Attack on Titan. So just finished season three. Can't wait for season four. Uh, It's so funny with that series because I love the first season. Like I thought it was some of the best anime of all time, probably like recency bias and all that stuff, but it was so good. And then it took a while for that second season to get going. And by the time it came out, uh, I was already adjusted live, so I didn't really keep up with it as much. Uh, but the third season, the second part, I was completely... Like, felt like the first season all over again. And uh, I can't wait to catch up on season four, the final season, although it's split in two parts again. I know I hate this whole HBO splitting things into multiple parts, but that is what it is. Uh, last thing I watched of note um, is... True Detective season one, and I've seen it before, but I love the acting. I love the quality of it. And it's just, there's nothing like that TV wise, really. I mean, there are similar shows, but I haven't seen one that kept me so interested. And it's funny because I actually only saw that season like about two years ago, but forgot about it. I just wanted something entertaining to watch where I'd seen before and that fit the bill. Uh, Matthew McConaughey, Absolutely kills it. Um, So does White Man Can't Jump. Uh, But name I forgot at the moment. What's his name? Um, Let me look it up right now. White Man Can't Jump. Can't believe I don't. It's always funny because I know these names off the top of my head. And then when I actually have to record, I hit these. Woody Woody Harrelson. Yeah, Woody Harrelson. So if you haven't seen it, which I feel like most people have, but if you haven't, go check out True Detective. Uh, it's eight episodes long, so eight hours, you're done, and it's a self-contained story, but ooh, this give me the chills. Um, yeah, so that concludes this episode uh, for 4 and 4 Buck the System. I can't wait to play off basketball, can't wait to get actual news about Rodgers, and I'm going to continue watching some fun movies and videos up until I start work, uh, which fun little update for y'all on the personal side. Um, I got a job offer while I was out in Hawaii. Now I'm not living in Hawaii. Uh, I'll be moving to Austin relatively soon. Uh, shooting for end of June, but I'm starting work on May 24th. Uh, honestly, super excited. Um, it's so funny because like if I had to... I guess I'll get a little bit, yeah. So if I had to explain to you in movie terms, like that moment when I got the job offer, how I felt, it felt like a combination of the ending of the Shawshank Redemption, um, where Morgan Freeman sees Tim Robbins out and Zay Wataneo on the beach in the Pacific and they embrace and it pans out and you just see the ocean. That along with Will Smith's The Pursuit of Happiness, Uh, when he gets the job offer and he like walks out in public and he kind of just doesn't know what to do real quick because he's so overcome with emotion. Um, That's what it felt like. And it was a very great moment for myself. So I'm very happy and I just want to say thank you for all those who did help me with this job search and this starting this next chapter. Uh, It was really nice to have that awesome of a moment and also have it on the beach in Hawaii at like 7am, much needed uh but yeah so thank you guys uh with enough of me enough of all that stuff i've been already talking for too much uh so i will leave you guys with this have a wonderful amazing week um have any comments concerns if you want to talk about anything just shoot me a message and we'll talk about in the next episode but until then this is 414 buck the system and i'm your host justin